0: Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today like every other episode I am joined by another very cool and intellectually intelligent amazing human. Today we are joined by none other than leadership guru himself Shane Hatton. Thank you so much for joining me today Shane.
1: You've set that bar so extraordinarily high by introducing me like that, but it is an absolute (laughs) privilege to be with you.
0: Thank you. Look, I I am the queen of – I at one point thought uh, when I was creating a business card maybe my title should just be professional cheerleader.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that's an accurate description of the kind of person that you are. So if you are doing a reprint, definitely include it somewhere on there. (laughs)
0: I'll let my graphic designer know she was onto something. <laughs> now, for those of you who might not know who Shane is, and uh, I tell you, there's probably not many because he is out there in the greater world of business doing some amazing things. Shane is a Queenslander by birth, so, but he lives in Melbourne. He's, uh, well, some might say why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Melbourneian by choice. Melbourneian by choice absolutely and curious by nature and creative at heart, which I absolutely love. He spent the last decade developing remarkable leaders and teams and just I couldn't couldn't absolutely go past not having you on this uh, podcast to learn about how you do that. And he's an expert in leader communication, blending his experience in business and psychology to help leaders communicate, connect and collaborate more effectively in order to bring out the best in those they lead, which is absolutely the key to my heart. He's a speaker, a coach, a trainer, and he's partnered with some of australia's most well-known and loved businesses across the nfp public and private sectors with his work being featured in a number of australian and global publications including forbes the australian marketing hrd in the black and so many more. Now his coaching of individuals and teams helps him better understand what makes them exceptional and how they can leverage that to achieve individual and collective outcomes, which we need in business and in life. Can I just add? Very true. mm, I'm all about a value-driven brand, but you've got to get the value-driven brand so you can have the value-driven life. Now, on top of that, this is the bit that I absolutely love. He is a Gallup-certified strengths coach, a member of the Forbes Global Coaches Council. Sorry, you know, if you didn't think he was legit before, he bloody well is now. Founder <laughs> of the People's Leaders Network and the author. That's right, he's an author too. Writes books. That's how smart he is. Lead the Room is his book The communicate to communicate a message that counts in the moments that matter, which I was just mentioning to Shane. I used to write an article in one of my roles called the moments that matter. And uh, there are so many moments that if we stop and take a breath, they really do matter. We just have to appreciate them for what they are. So Shane Hatton, thank you so much for joining us. It is an absolute pleasure. I have been watching you for many, many years now, actually. And um, it's only in the last maybe few months that we've actually got to finally connect and uh, start hanging out a bit more, which has been very cool. But, and that is an amazing bio. Like, I love learning about people I had to sit
1: here and 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 pretend like I didn't write it and send it to you and so that's always the awkward part about any bio right so like you see glimpses and I think we've been in each other's orbit for a little while and we see glimpses of each other and then you get to kind of get to know each other a little bit better and you start to see all these facets of of each other and you're like oh oh my gosh I didn't know that about you and it is look it's 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 really fun just being in your world
0: and yours as well but that's why I you know I love reading and learning about people's bios but I also in addition to that love learning what it was that actually got you how did you like wake up one day and go you know what I'm going to (laughs) become Shane Hatton the leadership guru in Australia and around the globe how does that happen talk to me about where that comes from
1: it's so funny because I feel like my life in many ways is this collision of all these different worlds um, coming together that has kind of birthed who I am and what I do. And I always find it funny. I definitely, I feel very valued when other people would describe me as a, a leadership expert or a leadership guru. Because in, in many ways, I I think leadership is so big and complex. Um, and if you were to say like, what do you do? And you say leadership and you're like, I mean, well, what does that even mean? Like, what does it even look like? And I think um, most of our, our biggest challenges, um, you know, I think John Maxwell said, rise, everything rises and falls on leadership. Mm. And I, I kind of think that most of our, our biggest leadership challenges are a result of communication and can be resolved through more effective communication. So if you dig below the surface of leadership, there's always a communication challenge somewhere in there, and there's always a communication solution somewhere. And so um I think that has shaped my lens and view on the kind of leadership space that I play in and dabble in. And I, I think it kind of has collided these different worlds. So my background was that I, I started in uh, doing my degree in marketing. And so marketing was like my passion. And now, I say it was my passion, but I kind of fell into it. I originally wanted to be an electrician. And then I spent a day on a job site and realized I was very, very bad at um, <laughs> electrical work. And so I, I am genuinely concerned at some of the places that I wired up in in, in that work experience. And so okay, I, they're you in know, Queensland. They are in Queensland. And and I was so mortified at how bad I was at it that um, at the time, it was a couple of days before the university um, uh, course submissions needed to be in. And I just went, you know what, I'm going to enroll in business and I'll just see what happens. And I kind of fell into marketing, but I just loved this idea of being able to, um, I guess, communicate and influence through um, messaging and through marketing. And it was not so much the you know, the manipulative side of marketing. It was just that ability to be able to get messaging that cuts through. And so yeah. I got really excited about marketing, went and did some consulting for a little while, and then always found myself falling into comms and marketing roles. Ended up doing a massive shift um, in terms of career and went into a not-for-profit, still did some marketing in that, but ended up doing post-grad counseling and psychology. And oh, so wow. started getting really fascinated by people. So I had this kind of fascination towards messaging. Then I had this fascination towards people and the experiences in life. And then realized in the process of that, that, you know, there there is definitely a place for people in the world who have this energy around helping people navigate really um, challenging and life-controlling issues. Mm. What I've discovered that I loved was helping people who had this, you know, incredible potential to leverage that and maximize that. And I think that's how I fell maybe into coaching. And so, my life is this intersection between people, business, psychology, counselling, messaging, marketing, and it all kind of collided together now in what I'm doing in leadership and communication.
0: I love that. And I couldn't agree with you more. I, too, did my degree in public relations and marketing. And uh, the majority of the stuff around the marketing learning was really like the bit that made me froth in those classes was how can you use good communication and, uh, and find ways to cut through that psychology that you were talking about. I um, joke to my friends and colleagues and clients often that I did 12 weeks of uh, Psychology 100 not even psychology 101, <laughs> psychology 100 as part of my degree. So I am fully qualified. <laughs> I, know, I know all there is to know <laughs> about your brain and why you do what you do. <laughs> and they're like, what I don't think you do. I'm like, try me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was very similar to you. I, I really loved the, the way in which you could influence uh, in, a, in a positive way Um, Mm. to to get through to people. That's such a fantastic-
1: That's the key in this, right? Is this positive influence? Like when you think about leadership at its core, leadership at its core is about positive influence. Mm. You know, why does someone go into their own business? Why does someone start a company? Why do they want to grow it? It's it's because at the end of the day, we want to have positive influence on the world, whether that's our own individual world. And, you know, we're starting a business because we want to live a more- A life by design or whether we're starting a business that has you know global reach and and influence and impact then Mm -hmm. you know we all kind of at the core desire this positive influence on the world
0: yeah absolutely and if you don't maybe don't be in business for yourself
1: (laughs) well it's it's going to be challenging in business if you don't have the desire to want to have have some impact that goes beyond just a financial outcome yeah Uh, it'll be hard to sustain
0: yeah yeah that is very true uh that is a fascinating. I'm curious, where did you go to uni?
1: I went to university at CQ University in Australia, which was originally Central Queensland University.
0: Oh. Um,
1: I, I graduated from there, spent some time in event management um, for a, in local government and then ended up sitting on a, a um, tourism board with the dean of the university that I graduated from and they poached me back to go back work in their division of marketing. Oh. So it was kind of a bit of a, a full circle moment going back into the university and working for them as well as studying there.
0: That's very cool. Uh, Reason I ask is I actually, uh, so I did my degree with Swinburne, but I ended up having to do a couple of my um, public relations classes through University of Queensland. So very odd. Yeah, I think it was great things
1: come out of Queensland.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. I got high (laughs) distinctions they were like you're amazing I was like oh I should have gone here much earlier
1: <laughs> was um, it that the bar was set much lower in Queensland is that
0: <laughs> maybe no no they were they were fantastic I did I really enjoyed my uh, my lessons with University of Queensland so if you're if you're out there listening and you went there uh, feel free to comment and agree with me <laughs> <laughs> so that is such a fantastic um, insight into what got you where you are today. And see, you wouldn't get that in a bio, right? That's that's.
1: that's true. It's very true.
0: Yeah, you're better at telling your story than anybody. But I have got you here because apart from the fact that you are a really cool guy and you are doing amazing things in the realm of leadership and communication, uh, I know that you know some really amazing insights on how to create a value-driven brand. And uh, you're going to give us some tips and tricks on what you know and what you've learned over the years on how to do exactly that. So talk to me about positioning and the power of positioning.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you were to kind of go back into the story where – my journey started it started in marketing mm. and marketing really early on was where this obsession around you know positioning came into play and you know most of the time we, we hear the word positioning we kind of understand it to an extent what it, what it is um but for people who are listening who who are maybe not really familiar with the concept i mean it, positioning has been a marketing term that's been around for a long time Um, to talk about organizations, how they essentially position themselves within a market. And Mm -hmm. their idea that they're ultimately working towards is what I would describe as mental real estate. It's like, how do we occupy the mental real estate of our audience? And so whether you're a personal brand, whether you're a company, whether you're a small business, big business, we're all in the business of positioning because what we're doing is we're fighting for that mental real estate um, in the mind of our audience. And the mental real estate is essentially what's the imagery, what's the words, what's the stories, what are the things that come up in your audience's mind when your name comes up in conversation? So, I'm a personal brand, so I… I I I only imagine. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? What would come up in the mind of people when they hear your name come up in conversation? And they may never say these things out loud, but they're thinking it, right? So, maybe they're thinking about an experience they had with you. Maybe they're thinking about a story somebody told them. Maybe they're just thinking about the fact that they've never heard of you before. Even that has its own mental real estate attached to it. Right. And so, there is always this gap between how we would like to be known as a brand or as a business and how we're actually known. Mm-hmm. And I think most of our job in terms of positioning is about closing that gap. It's closing the gap between how we'd like to be known and how we're actually currently known.
0: Yeah. And so I understand that you have some framework around the power and the value of positioning. Can you talk me through what does that framework look like? And then tactically, how do I apply that? You know, I, mm. I've heard people talk about, and, uh, you know, if you go to the internet, oh, my goodness, if there was a dollar for every time an article or a blog was written about create your personal brand or position yourself, right? And you're like, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming. But you, A, have done it, <laughs> B, uh, teach it, and C, live it. So what does that framework look like?
1: Yeah, I think the, I think that probably the, the first point that's really worth looking at is, is why positioning? Like why would you choose positioning as a strategy? I mean, you could always go and go, well, I'm going to put all of my – Intention and my effort and my energy and my budget into advertising, and go okay. Well, that's what I'm going to work on doing. And and advertising, you know, we have a a, a mutual mentor, uh, Matt Church, who talks about the distinction between push and pull, where it's like we positioning helps us move out of this state, place where we're pushing our ideas on other people. Where we pull, we're actually the positioning and the mental real estate that we occupy is such that it attracts people to us. And I know as a small business, what I really want more of is people coming to me, people approaching me, being Recognize for knowing something rather than just telling people, this is what I know. Yeah, I think about it and talk about it a lot in leadership as it's almost like the difference between um, just speaking and being a trusted voice, right? As a leader, you can get out and you can go, I've got something to say. You should listen to what I have to say, mm. or you should get up. And before you even say something, people are hanging on the words that you have to say because they trust your voice. And like, that's our goal in positioning is to how do I become a brand that's mental real estate, is so positive that people listen to what we have to say, and they yeah. be- they come to us because we're known um, for that space that we occupy in their mind. So that's first and foremost the why. And so the, the question then becomes, well, how do you do that? Like this is the challenge. Mm. And I think there's a distinction between this is not the kind of thing that you go, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to position myself tomorrow, and then we're done. Like it's you know it's an activity, it's a checklist. I think positioning is. It is like a a dripping tap rather than a fire hose. I think we go, I'm going to pull out the fire hose, I'm going to spray it on this and hope it's going to work. I'm like, it is a consistent process over time to build positioning.
0: Chinese water torture.
1: It, it, it feels like that sometimes because it just it does you don't necessarily see the results overnight and you probably have felt this right you, you see it when you're building your own brand you, mm. you don't just wake up tomorrow and go I'm now known for the person who's you know exceptional at this I'm like mm. you have to demonstrate over time with consistency that you actually know what you're talking about yes absolutely um, yeah so I think from from my perspective I generally break it down to four different um I guess, positioning activities that you could engage in. And I think if you were to imagine them, you know, think about kind of um, for for um, like a quadrant model as an example, um, I think there is that we could break it down to the elements of our business or our personal leadership brand that are backstage and there are things that are front stage. There are things that we do and that we see and that we hear That nobody else sees. And this Mm -hmm. is like the the behind the scenes of a business. And then there's the front stage, which is the thing that is seen, observed, heard about, talked about by everybody else. So if you'd imagine, I often describe this as the front stage and backstage of leadership. So, there are things that we are responsible for and there are things that are the the influence and the flow on and the impact of that. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the American presidents who said, like, if you were to think about it as the tree in its shadow, there are things that are the real and the reality of things and there are the shadows that they cast. So, oh. I think about this in terms of, like, backstage and front stage leadership. There are things that are the real thing and there are things that are the shadow of the real thing. And so, the the consequences of the decisions we make. So, if we were to then divided again between – uh, say front stage and backstage, and then the more descriptive qualities, the things that other people might say, mm. and then the more observable qualities, which are the things that people might be able to see and notice. That's generally the kind of framework that I have around this. So, let's look at the things like first and foremost that are the behind the scenes, the backstage of leadership, and the things that are, you know, those observable qualities. I would say that that really just comes down to your character. So it could be your brand, um, it could be your personal um, character, whatever that is. It's it's the essence of who you really are, and mm. I think this is probably one of the areas that people skim over because they um, they haven't taken the time to dig deep and go, who am I as an individual or who am I as a brand without the internal, uh, without the input of, of other people into this. And it's that sense of who am I at my core when nobody's watching? Yeah. So that's a leadership characteristic. It's a brand characteristic, but who am I at my core? And then the other side of it is the more descriptive qualities. And this is what I would describe as a narrative. So the narrative for your leadership, the narrative for your brand, the narrative for your organization And this is what you say about yourself, right? It's all about you. And so these are the stories that you tell to yourself, which we understand are so powerful. And they're Mm. also the stories that we tell about ourselves. So I think this backstage of leadership is this balance between who am I when nobody's watching? Who is my brand at its core? What are the values that I stand for? And then what are the stories that I want to start to leave into the marketplace? Like what's the story that I want to tell? Like what's the story that I tell myself about our company and about our brand and how is that influencing the kind of um, brand or the person that I am? This is the stuff that kind of really shows up backstage.
0: Yeah. So if you were to... uh use yourself as an example how would you answer mm. those questions
1: yeah i mean great questions i mean the, when it comes to character i generally think character oh, excuse me sorry That's i think okay. character is made up of a, a few different things i think character is around what are your own personal values and so for me it's going okay what is it that i value that makes me who i am so why mm. do i do what i do I think it comes down to your own individual strengths, which is what am I good at? Like what are the what's the uniqueness and edge that I bring to my business and to the market? Um, and I think it also comes down to my regular habits, which is around what are the things that I do when nobody else is watching that are sustaining me for the long term in business? So what are my my personal habits? What are my business habits? How do I make sure that this isn't just something that's going to, you know, um, wear me out or burn me out? So those are the questions that I'm reflecting on. Yeah. And then the narrative piece for me is more around, Like if I was to be known for something or known um, as someone, what would those things be? So for me, it's going, okay, well, I want to be known as someone who has a really unique perspective on communication and leadership. Mm. So what are the stories that I would want to be telling on a regular basis? Or what's the, the stories that I want to put out into the world that would reinforce that? As opposed to going, well, who am I? What do people say about me? And then letting the other people's stories dictate my own narrative about myself. I mean, you've yeah. you've had experience in this, right, building a brand. Like how many times have you put something out into the world and received criticism or negative feedback that has really like, if you're not strong in understanding like your own personal conviction in your content, that mm-hmm. stuff can sway you left and right, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Perfect example uh, you can see behind me. Uh, I very very publicly talk about the joy of sex, and it is it. it is the customer employee and the human experience. But when you say it together, it's sex, right? And <laughs> I remember when I first kind of came across it and started thinking, "Hang on a minute, this is this is where I'm at, and this is I love this." and it works so nicely and aligns to everything that I want to be known for: for developing customer experience and employee experience, and ultimately the human experience. And uh, I remember starting to put it out to the public, and I would watch people recoil and mm. and and freak out, and they're like, "You can't say that." And I'm like, "Why not?" I just did, <laughs> and yeah. it was it was actually. Um, probably the first few months of doing it consistently and I had people unfollowing me. I had people messaging me and saying, uh, I think you're being too provocative. I had people saying, I think you need to change it. I I got suggested, um, why can't you make it checks? And... (laughs) I said, that's a brand of cereal in America, so it doesn't work and it doesn't make you uh, get angry. So <laughs> I'm passionate about what I'm saying, so why would I? And I think mm. if I didn't have that personal resilience or um, understand where I wanted to see my brand go and what I wanted to be known for, that I could have been swayed to change the way I went about doing that. And I'm sure there's, you know, some people who probably still sit there and go, oh, my God, I can't believe she's stuck with that. But there's other people who, you know, I do um, full-day planning workshops, for example, and by the end of the planning workshop I have teams jumping up, screaming the joy of sex, we're going to get sexy, we're going to have great (laughs) sex in our business, you know, so – they, I have actually learned that it is a great way to find my my people. If they mm. if they can get excited and curious, you know, you say saying you're naturally curious. I love curious people, and I love people who ask questions. Um, and instead of just instantly recoiling, go hang in a minute, what's that about? And so I am very glad. That I, in my personal brand, I stuck with it. Um, But yeah, if you didn't have that resolution about what you wanted to be known for or how you wanted to be putting yourself out there, I could see how you could be very easily swayed by other people's perceptions of what you should be to them.
1: Yeah. Stories. And and the stories that other people would tell you would influence the stories that you tell yourself. I mean, how many times, I mean, I'm, I'm writing my second book at the moment and it's on a, a topic around culture. And mm-hmm. I, I think about culture and the amount of times that I've gone out and and just there, what I would describe culture crusaders, everyone has an opinion on culture, what it is, what it's not, what it should be, what it shouldn't be. And I had to get really clear on, okay, what's my narrative that I'm leading in this space? Because if I'm not clear on it, then I'm going to be literally influenced by every person that I talk to and I'll end up not doing the work, I'll end up not doing and following through on it because yes. it's, it's, it's challenging.
0: Overwhelming?
1: Yeah, overwhelming, scary. I, I mean, one, of, one of my favourite quotes on this is actually from Dolly Parton and um, she says, discover who you are and then be it on purpose. And I think for me the backstage of leadership, character and narrative is about you before you go to market, get really, really clear on who do I want to be. And once you're clear on who you want to be, then the front stage of, of leadership is doing it on purpose and it's being yeah. intentional around what you do.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Good old Dolly. It's a great quote, right? She's such Good on Dolly. A- Dolly has some pearlers of wisdom. Um, she is phenomenal. Um, and so, again, we're, what we're talking about here is the, is the really unseen elements of business, and I mm. think it's the stuff that goes into it's the real, it's the substance of thing. It's the tree. It's not the shadow. And I think if we get that bit right, then the shadow that shows up is what most people tend to chase. So, if we look at the top left of this quadrant model, the top left is the things that other people see that are the observable qualities. And I would talk about that as your credibility, right? So, credibility is what other people see. Character is what you see. So, if you maintain a life of character and you show up with consistency you build credibility and that's what other people will often describe it as whereas the descriptive qualities of this that other people talk about is what i would say is your reputation and reputation is what other people say about you so we often go after how do i build a really good reputation and build you know this credibility and it's all front stage i'm like yeah it's fine that's the shadow I said, first and foremost, get the tree, which is actually make sure that you've got the story that you want to tell and make sure it aligns with who you really are as a person. Because I think you can show up. I think one of the challenges of positioning, which is often reflected in personal brand, is people will say, well, I want to be this and I want to be known for this. And I go, well, great. Is that who you are? And they go, well, it's not. And I said, well, great. You can be that for a short period of time, but eventually who you really are will shine through.
0: Isn't that one of my very first... um experiences in in business consulting was exactly that working with an organization who said uh, they hired me for my my public relations skill set and they said okay so we want to uh, tell everybody that this is who we are and I was like are you that though and they were like yeah Oh, yeah, like, oh, well, I mean, not yet, but, like, we will. uh, We aspire to be
1: that. (laughs) And
0: I was like, well, then you can't do that. And they were like, no, no, it'll be fine. I said, no, no, it won't because you will fall on your own sword in a matter of time and it won't even take that long. And the repercussions, you know, the shadow, like you said, the shadow of that what people see is is just going to be so dire that you will not recover. I said, how about we actually put some effort into aligning the way you do business to make sure that it is it is, a, it is integrity at the forefront that when you say you are this type of person or this type of business and organisation that you actually are. And they were like, oh, but we don't really have time. I was like, well, you're going to have plenty of time when your business goes out of business, <laughs> So <laughs> which yeah. is it going to be? And they they actually, pff, blow my mind, they actually decided not to do the work. I, I mm, should actually find out if they're even still in business. i It's pretty yeah, fascinating. I, I think mind. there's something
1: about... I often say to people, like a spotlight doesn't make you into a leader; it reveals the kind of leader that you already are. And yeah. I, I, that's why I'm always really terrified um, when people say that they really w- they want to chase that spotlight. They want to kind of become more known. And like, if if you if like society is anything to go by, the more attention and the more spotlight a person gets, it only reveals more of the essence of who they already are. And it's yeah. why we see so many people who struggle with success or or fame or notoriety is because This stuff that was behind the scenes is still there when you're in the public eye. Now, all of a sudden, it gets a a, a spotlight shone on it. And so, my thing is just going, how do I make sure that I'm consistently trying to identify those areas that are behind the scenes, that are the backstage of leadership, that I can get right so that when I do get opportunity or platform or, you know, any exposure, it just amplifies who I already am rather than it shaping me who I am.
0: Yeah. I am... um I am in the back of my mind just thinking of high school when you used to come across those people who were so adamant that they wanted to be seen as somebody that they weren't and the kids around them would go, oh, you're such a try-hard. And (laughs) that that is I don't want to be a try-hard. I want to be I want to work hard. I want to work smart but I want to be me. I don't want to have to try to be something I'm not. And I think you're so right when you put a spotlight on people, they think, you know, oh, yeah, I've made it. I'm I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be known for things. But the reality is they've tried so hard to be something that they can't sustain. And mm. that that concerns me that that's when, you know, things like mental health start taking a toll when Family yeah. start, you know, kind of pulling back and going, ah, uh, this isn't, you know, you see all these reports like uh, a, a close source reports that XYZ's nothing like this. And you're like, well, that's not a great surprise, right? So mm. I don't want in my own positioning, I don't want to be <laughs> try hard. And to be <laughs> honest, and it probably grates people. I know it grates my mother. <laughs> She says, "Why do you have to swear?" (laughs) I'm like, "Because that's me. I, Mm. I literally, you know, I try. I do try hard in some instances not to let my mouth, my potty mouth, get the better of me. But in some instances, I'm like, you know what? It's just me, and I'm just, I'm unashamedly going to just be myself. And if that upsets people," because they think women shouldn't swear or that, you know, I am too liberal with my vocabulary, then they're not my people. And I think also at 41, I'm a little bit okay with that more than I was maybe when I was a bit younger as well.
1: It's definitely something you adjust to. And, you know, the stories that you tell about yourself, again, it it comes down to the narrative, which is we're always really cautious around what stories we tell because they they create a mental real estate in the mind of other people. And so, there are stories that are inherently who we are that demonstrate the values that we carry. And we withhold those stories in business because we go, oh, if I share that story, I might put these people offside or they might disconnect from me here. And I think that's focusing on, on an outward um, influence rather than that story that leading that narrative you're kind of being led by other people's stories Um, and you're right once you start to step into that place of of authenticity and i hate using that word because it's a bit of a buzzword but it's that aligned place between the narrative and the story that i tell about myself you find your people and those people become your your biggest advocates within your network and so it is really important to to make sure that when you're um, when you're doing work around business the question i often ask myself is when I get to where I want to be, which is every business owner has aspirations, like mm-hmm. when I get to where I want to be, who do I want to be when I get there? And I reckon that question should require some deep work. Mm-hmm. When I get to where I want to be, who do I want to be when I get there?
0: Oh, oh, I got butterflies. <sighs>
1: I think it's a hard question to answer, but it's an important one.
0: I think even uh, potentially it's a hard question to answer because sometimes I find that the concept of even getting there is, is a hard, not pill to swallow, a hard thing to um, actualize. Mm. It's like, what, what does getting there even really look like? I have on my bathroom mirror, and many times people have walked into my bathroom and read. I have a, a, a vision statement on my um, on my bathroom mirror, and people read my vision statement and they walk out laughing. <laughs> like, are you for real? I'm like, why are you going to be laughing when it's a real thing? When it's actually how I live? And they were like, Ugh. oh, oh. <laughs> No, no, no. Good, good on you, but the reality is, even though it's it's a vision for me to actualize it, to think, wow, this has actually occurred, still makes me feel a little bit sick in my stomach. <laughs> so what well, I do think, I, a think? Good,
1: I think a good vision will.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And but to think, what do I want to be like when that actually occurs? Is wow that. I mean, in an ideal world, I want to say I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be what I am today. But I think also we, going on this journey uh, of development and leadership, we evolve. I know that I am a a very different leader to uh, how I was when I started in my leadership journey 20 years ago. If I was to go back and lead a group of people who I used to lead 20 years ago, they would probably go, Whoa, where'd she come from? <laughs> so <laughs> I I kind of hope that there's always that positive evolution, but I'm still the same person.
1: Yeah. And it's worth considering. I think you talk about the you said before the idea of just when I get there, wherever there is. I think that one of the, the dangers that we can easily fall into in business is that I go, when I get there you know, then I'll, I'll feel like I have made it or I've arrived. And then you get there and you realize there is just another here. And the same person who is here where you are now is here when you are there. And so everything around you can change, but the one person that you're going to have to stick with when you get to wherever it is that you want to be is you. So wherever (laughs) you are, there you are. So, you better make sure that you like the person that you're becoming in the process (laughs) of becoming that. And I think that will shape the activity that you do, right? It shapes the things that you show up and do every day because it allows you to determine, is this a vote for the kind of person that I want to become? Is this activity helping me position and close that gap between how I'd like to be known in the future and how I'm currently known as a leader right now?
0: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic question. So if you are listening or watching, make sure you go and write that down and – I, um, I too have now got a few things to go away and think about. <laughs> I uh, Hopefully
1: deep work and good work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think generally speaking, uh, I'm in a place where, you know, I'm, I'm happy with myself. You know, everyone could sit there and go, oh, I want to fix this or I want to do that. And there's always that opportunity for growth and development. And as I said, evolving into a, you know, more value driven person, human experience, all that stuff. But, uh, I'm, if I had to be stuck with myself right now, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. That and I'm bloody hilarious. Put me in a box (laughs) with, put me in a box with nothing and I'll probably still find something to laugh about. So (laughs) I'd be okay with that. Shane, they are some amazing insights. And uh, the framework that you're talking about, that is actually in your book, Lead the Room, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. So the book's broken down into three parts, which is around positioning, messaging, and developing. And where it came from was this idea that most of the time when we think about presenting your ideas or your, your communication, it's generally just through the lens of messaging, which is what do I want to say? And I think the missing ingredient in most of this was the positioning, which is do people even trust me when I say it so I think first think trust then think how do I deliver value through my message and then think experience which is the delivery side of it which is how do I develop the experience for people so it's trust it's about value and it's about experience for people
0: see I told you there was a reason he came on the podcast it's so bloody, amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, now if you actually would like to get a copy of uh, Lead the Room by Shane Hatton, you can hit him up at his website, which is Shanehatton.com. And Shane
1: M Hatton. Shane
0: M Hatton. Sorry, my apologies. Yes. Do you know it I'm is? I'm pretty actually, sure
1: both will go there, but I'm pretty sure Shane M Hatton is, is the one where you can find me on everything.
0: It's so funny because I remember when I very first started following you on Instagram that uh, your your uh, handle says Shane M Hatton, and I thought for years, I thought for years your name was Shane Shane Manhattan.
1: <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure there's a golfer whose name's Shane Hatton, and I I generally have put all of my book and everything under Shane Michael Hatton, which is my full name, because it's just much easier for people to find me. So pretty much anything that has Shane M Hatton in it, you'll find me pretty much anywhere you can search.
0: See, that's good. I have um uh this unusual predicament where. My maiden name is Portarianos, and when I was Aileen Portarianos, there was not a single Aileen Portarianos except me in the whole <laughs> world. And then when I got married and became Aileen Day, turns out Aileen Day is such a common name. Who knew? And uh, so I couldn't even get I couldn't even get AileenDay.com. Somebody's already got it. And I was like, what? And uh and then when you type in Aileen in to Google, you generally come uh face first with uh Aileen Wardos, the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> My I think I think I mentioned this earlier to somebody else. My personal branding um and positioning mission is that you can type in Aileen and nothing else, and I will come up
1: before Aileen ward off. Well, you've got two ways you can do it. You can either build a really successful brand or you just become a worse serial killer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the first one.
0: Never thought of that. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like you're right. I feel like let's go with the the better the better personal branding. But to be honest, she's she's done an amazing job at her own branding. <laughs> SEO up the up the brass rod. It's fantastic. Oh, that is so good. Now, Shane, before I let you go and uh, be freed into the world, I want to ask you a question because if you haven't joined us before on the Value Driven Brand Podcast, you might not know that every guest that joins us gets uh, requested very kindly to uh, fill out a guest profile. And on the guest profile, I ask them, what is the one song that they use to get themselves pumped up for anything. And Shane, do you remember the first song that you sent me?
1: I do. I do, my karaoke song. Karaoke (laughs) song. It's it's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. You can't go past it. If that goes on at a party, you can guarantee I'm on the dance floor.
0: Oh my god! I'm gonna have a party and invite you just to see that. That is brilliant. <laughs> now, originally, I actually said I needed a second, a runner-up song because I thought, uh, I thought that might have already been taken. Turns out it hasn't. And the reason it might have been taken, Shane, in case you don't know, is that every, every sound like I'm a kiwi. Every guest that comes on to the podcast and uh, sends in the song that pumps them up for anything, it gets put onto the Alien Day official Spotify playlist. So when you – love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I say this at the end of every podcast now because it has become such the most epic playlist. It is so eclectic. We've got classic. We've got rock. We've got pop. We've got techno, trance uh um orchestras it's (laughs) out of this world amazing yeah and i and it just i do love the
1: idea of somebody pumping themselves up with classical music though i could definitely get in the headspace of someone doing that
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's a tune like it's it's not it's (laughs) not a very uh known one but when i went searching for it to add it onto the playlist i was like this is a banger (laughs) i can see why I'm sure
1: the classical people, the classical musicians will just be loving their music described as a banger.
0: Absolutely. They'll be like, oh, that woman. (laughs) So classy. Uh, But, yeah, so basically I've said to people, if this this playlist can't get you pumped up for anything, go back to bed and start again. (laughs) That's how insane it is. So Shane Hatton, thank you for your contribution because Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen will now be added to the playlist. So when this play or when this podcast goes live, uh you can head to valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series, and you can find all of the resources for Shane. You can find all the ways to connect with Shane. You can find details about Lead the Room. And then you can also get the link to your official Spotify playlist for the Value of Brand podcast. Shane Hatton, you are a damn treasure. I am so, so pleased and grateful to have you join me today. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and knowledge and insight. And uh, we definitely have to do another one of these in some way, shape or form.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I'll just keep spamming you until you bring me back on again, because it was an absolute joy and privilege.
0: Oh, thank you. It was actually quite funny because uh, before we started recording the first take, I actually mistakenly said I was the guest and not the host. (laughs) And I joked, maybe we should do a, a takeover. I'm going back and
1: interview you because you have so much to add to this conversation. So w- we will do this. You're, I'm going to hijack your podcast and get you to kind of be the guest on it because I reckon you'll just have so much value o- over <laughs> and above what you already do in terms of podcasting.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. And you're on. I'm, I'm booking you in. Let's do it. Uh, that, that sounds like so much fun. Guys and girls, ladies and gents, everyone in between, it has been such a pleasure to bring you today's podcast and we will be back again next time. But until then, please go out and deliver value to somebody else in your life because what goes around comes around. I'm Aileen Day with Shane Hatton. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.